Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. If time travel was possible, what decade of your life would you choose to experience all over again? Someone asked 2,000 seniors what they'd do, and the top answer was to go back and experience their 30s again. They claim it was their happiest or best decade of their life. Their 20s was second. Right. If I think about it, I think I would go with my 40s. All right. Just before meeting you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And change something. Yeah. Uh, No, I I would say that uh, a vast part of my 40s was was quite good. You know, career-wise, family-wise, the kids were at an age where they were coming into their independence, but they were still children. You know, it was just the four of us together uh, living in Windsor. I mean, I, I really look back fondly on that time because uh, it was a nice little adventure for the four of us, and we were on our own. Right. You know, we had no family influence. We didn't have my mother-in-law coming around the house every other day or dealing with my parents or dealing with any of the family. It was our little bubble, and it was, it was, uh, it was quite nice. I, uh, I look back very fondly uh, at that time. Uh, yeah, my 20s, you know, you're young and just gotten married, the struggles of not making enough money, having a baby. The 30s, again, career-wise, not going the best. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i very happy with my 40s. You? Well, I'm living the dream right now, Craig. Well, you have been in the last decade, uh, yeah. So it's uh, mm-hmm. to decide. Uh-huh. I would say probably my 20s. Yeah. Just because, you know, he starts off in university and, and very carefree. Yeah. Um, you know, not not much in terms of responsibility. Might make a few changes on the career path <laughs> here and there. <laughs> but nevertheless, yeah. it seemed to work out. I think uh, yeah, career-wise, you know, part of the problem with, with this uh, career and living in the GTA is that we fall under the illusion, if you happen to get lucky enough and land a job, that's uh, in the city, a part of Toronto or the landscape of Toronto, you feel like, well, I've made it. I'm in the bigs. Right. But you're, you're really not, especially if you're just starting out. Yes. And you're never going to necessarily be a, a, a part. This this business isn't necessarily where you, you come in the front door and you stick around for a while and then you move up the ladder. And if, say, hosting a morning show is something you would like to do, you don't come in as a, a, an intern and make your way to that job. You you have to pack and leave and go and do other things to prove yourself as a, a morning show host. But what ends up happening is life carries on. And it, I'm very guilty of it. You know, I I, I, uh, I spent my time basically hanging around Toronto radio stations thinking, oh, look at me. I'm at the top of this tower and that tower. And isn't it cool? But I was making twenty two grand a year. You know what I mean? Right. And I was I was the the go I was the gopher for everybody for the for a very long time. And I and I stalled out. I really should have kicked my arse. And if I could go back and talk to my younger self again, I'd say, you know, get a little hustle on here. Get moving. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, get out there and and uh, get on the air in some small market and start working towards something. But I also say a lot of successful people probably just left themselves open to opportunities, mm-hmm. whereas many kind of shut themselves out yeah. or down. It's like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to stay focused on this. And, and you may have let some opportunities pass you by mm-hmm. that would have led to bigger things. Uh, if when seniors were asked about advice they'd give their younger self, many said, accept challenges, as you just mentioned, follow your gut, be bold, stay humble, always be prepared, stay positive. I like this. And live, man. Yeah. Live. Do some things. 
But and that's the reverse now. It always was, you know, school, get married, buy a house, have kids, work, retire at 65, then you're supposed to start enjoying your life. But for so many, they were dead by 67. Right. You know, now, and I've seen it in my boys, and you see it in a lot of younger people, they've reversed that. Mm -hmm. They are traveling now. They are seeing the world. They're doing those things while they're young and able to do it. It's no fun going to some European uh, city when you're 70 and it's all stairs and, <laughs> and you're hills. still sitting in a hostel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'd love to go up to the, see that church there in Italy, but I can't climb the steps. So <laughs> we'll put that halfway up a mountain. <laughs> in fact, just, just reaching to look up at the Eiffel Tower hurt my neck. Yeah. Um, when people were asked uh, if their younger self, when uh, given advice, would they have listened and more than half say they received solid advice from people when they were young, but completely ignored it. <laughs> and I'm certainly guilty of that. I'm, I'm haunted by this one man who I worked with who was uh, very well off, had done very well for himself. And his big thing to me all the time when we hung out, I was like 18, and we'd be, say, having a cigarette outside of the radio station or whatever, or I'd go help him do something. And he would say to me, Craig, you got it. Once you're, once you're working and getting a paycheck from day one, from paycheck number one, you've got to invest that. Put something from it, anything from it, into the bank. Speak to your bank. Get it in an investment situation. I was on hot tub. <laughs> Long since gone. Same with the cars and every other thing I wasted. And he was like, by the time you're 40, dude, you'll, you'll be a millionaire. Still a million bucks shy of being a millionaire. <laughs> Heard yesterday that uh, the lead singer of Nazareth has passed away, Dan McCafferty. You remember probably Nazareth and their biggest hit was Hair of the Dog. And back when I was in, I don't know, grade 7, grade 8, something like that, and he'd sing along. Now you're messing with a, a son of a bitch. And you think, oh, that's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I can't believe they're saying that on the radio. Right. Yeah, and they had a live album called Razmanaz that I always just thought was uh, amazing. Anyhow, he passed away at the age of 76. Uh, if you care, Jennifer Lopez has changed her last name to Affleck. Because she oh, wants to be at really? the top of the list. Roll call. <laughs> uh, yeah. She says, I'm a strong, independent woman. But when I got married, I didn't hesitate to uh, legally take his name. So, there you go. She thinks it's romantic. Uh, so, is she still J-Lo? No, I guess she's... No, uh, Jaff. She's Jaff, I guess, yeah. For now. Yeah. <laughs> Give it six months. It'll be a matter of time. Should be J Lo once again. Uh Britney Spears has no interest in having a biopic made about her life and she simply says, I don't want anybody doing movies about my life. Dude, I'm not dead yet. She thinks they should only be done if you're dead. Okay. Which uh, sometimes uh, I read a lot of biographies. And sometimes you'll read uh, read somebody's biography and they're like still relatively young. Mm. Like Will Smith wrote his. Right. He's got a lot of living left to do. Yeah. I guess there's going to be Will too. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe after the slap is all, it's yeah, all that's, over. that's about it. I don't know. But yeah, sometimes you, you, there's that fine line. Like, if you would ever write your biography, I, I think you got to kind of do it towards the, you know, heading into retirement kind of thing. Right. You know, not at 35. Right. Well, she's got... Too much time to. She doesn't have time to do that. She's too busy, she's posing naked on beaches everywhere she, she goes. Yes, she really does love to. She's, uh, she's enjoying her freedom. Yeah, good honor. Get at it, girl. Uh, James Cameron 
may stop at Avatar 3 if nobody cares about Avatar 2, which I kind of seems to be the thing. Now, he's blaming the idea that people won't care about Avatar 2 on streaming and the fact that nobody goes to um, the movie theater anymore. But he he feels like it's going to be so good it might drive people back to the theater. I'm trying to think of a movie since the pandemic. Maybe Top Gun right. is one of the few films that actually drove people back to the theater. Yeah. It did very it's well in huge. theaters. Yeah. It, it takes a lot now to get people out of their lazy boy, get mm. in the car and go somewhere to do anything. Well, and, and I guess, like, with the, the threat of streaming coming later on, like, even if it's not streaming right away, yeah. like, ah, you know what, I'll wait a year. <laughs> oh, sometimes you don't even have to wait that yeah, long. that's true. You can just buy it at home. If you want. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them, like, well, the Elvis movie, which I really wanted to see, I, I was amazed at how fast it was on Crave. Right. Yeah. Well, even Hamilton. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. There's... So the in theaters still garnering hundreds of dollars per ticket and yeah. selling out theaters. Or oh, watch it at home. Just watch it at home. Yeah. I have not been to I you know, it's it's pre pandemic. I have not been to a movie since the pandemic really ended. And I, I have. And you have. Well yeah, but you, you you went for your top gun. Right. Um did you go to see Bond in the theater? No. When the new Bond came no. out? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I love the theater. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of... Especially uh, now. The theaters are so great now. Yeah, they really are <laughs> terrific. It, it's it's better than most living rooms. More comfortable, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, Justin Bieber is scared of Judge Judy. Or at least he was back in 2014 when they were neighbors. Oh, that's right. Yes. Judy shares a story. And he... Uh, Back then, he was scared to death of me, she says. There was periods of time before he grew up when he was being foolish and doing foolish things. You don't want Judge Judy upset with you. Uh, she said, it must have been something that I said because I was told that he was paying the front door people. Well, there's a term you don't hear very often. Mm. How many front door people you got in your life, Lucky? Uh, it's a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the front door per person, yeah. but I don't necessarily have to be there. Uh, speaking of uh, cameras, and this might be uh, more of an American thing than here, but I guess there's some uh, real issues uh, with the cameras and your neighbor's own private security. And uh, there's also a, a story of, um, and this is a U.S. story, that happened in Florida, where um, a neighbor got a package that was delivered to their house, and it was... Uh, Wrong address. So he looked at it and knew who it belonged to, and as a good neighbor, walked it up to this person's house. The owner of the house saw this man walking up the driveway and ended up grabbing his gun. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and, and shot at him. I don't know that he, that he uh, killed him. I don't believe he did. I believe he missed him. But uh, so now with, there's that, which again, American, not something necessarily happening here. I don't know but, if the issue is the camera in that situation. No, but what's happening now is, uh, say a crime goes down in your neighborhood and your cameras happen to catch it. And then the police say, hey, can we see your cameras? And you refuse. I guess they can uh, either go to uh, Amazon or whoever your su support is. Whoever, oh, really? And they can get that stuff from them. And people are saying, well, hold on a second. I'm not giving permission to yeah. Ring or whoever it is to hand out my my property. Nice footage. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
Well, and you know, it's I know it's it's a novelty. It's a thing a lot of people have them now. <laughs> I see some cameras on homes. I'm like, dude, <laughs> if anybody's breaking in there, they're giving you something because they feel bad for where you live. You know, it's it's like it's like people that used to put that that claw on the steering wheel of a Pinto. Right. Yeah. yeah. Relax, Nova Heart. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to steal your K car. Settle down. Anyhow, yes. So Justin had front door people, and he would uh, tell them to keep an eye out of when she was coming and going, so he wouldn't have to bump into her. Wow. Coast is clear. Yeah, but the beads is all growing up now. He's a big boy. Would you like to go to a restaurant where the staff treats you like crap? Where their motto is "Great burgers, very rude service." <laughs> well, if that's your thing, there's a chain of them that started in Australia, uh, and uh, they're moving uh, to North America. I believe there's one in the States right now, so who knows, maybe we'll get one in Canada. Now, here's the deal. Um, the staff of this restaurant, because we live in a different time and place now, and nobody has a sense of humor anymore, the staff at these restaurants are starting to get upset because the customers are being rude and harassing them mm. back. So you know going into this restaurant that this is their theme. Yes. But you go in and get offended, and some of the staff say even some of these customers are getting violent. Right. So they want management to do something about it, but management says, no, we're, we're not doing anything about it. It's not that big of a deal. You're making a bigger deal out of it than it truly is. The staff also claimed they had to sign a waiver saying the diner wasn't responsible if they were injured in any way. Wow. It turns out the name of this diner, Karen's Diner, <laughs> which I think is brilliant. I I have been to a similar type restaurant. Oh yeah, in uh, I think it was Boston uh, years ago. Okay, and it was called Dick's. Right, <laughs> Dick's Last Resort. <laughs> yeah, and when you walk in, the, that is the theme. They treat you like crap, and yeah. they, you know they throw the menus at you here. And, and I think there was a big group of us that went in at that point. Uh, and uh, the waitress was like, ah, what do you want to drink? Mm. And we were all like, she's like, I'll oh, forget it. Just come pour it yourself. Like, like, just, here's a glass. Yep. Go get yourself. Sit back down and shut up. Yeah. It was good. It's a, yeah, it you, was have funny. To, you have to go in and understand that that's why you're there. Right. It's like when, uh, did you ever go to His Majesty's Feast when they were around? No. And they they became, uh, what's the uh, medieval times or right, whatever those dinner yeah. theaters are now. But back then, it was like you were going back in time. Time where women were wenches and they'd have to, like, the men were the masters. And if you went with your wife or girlfriend, it was a theme night. And the staff or the the uh, the maitre d would make uh, your wife or girlfriend walk behind you. And they'd have to pull your chair out for you. And if you wanted salt, uh, your wife would have to beg the salt wench to bring wow. salt. And, but it was a whole theme dinner. Now, look. You would only go if you had a sense of humor. We went to, we went once. I think Maria took me for uh, my birthday when we were first dating, and a whole bunch of us went. It was a fun night. But if you're, like, very, you know, pro-women and women's lib, this isn't for you, and you should know that. Right. It's all a joke. It's meant to be fun. But you should do a little bit of research into the places that you go. Yeah. You know, or I say research. Look it up. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I, I was reading the review not too long ago of Au Noir in Toronto, mm. which is uh, a restaurant where you dine in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I've Didn't done you it. go? Yeah, you yeah. went. It was, it, it was a really cool experience. I enjoyed it. But this person was like, oh, it was too dark. Like, they <laughs> <laughs> started to get anxiety and, and oh, couldn't get it. And like, well, then you know what you're getting into, yeah. right? And all the food wasn't fantastic. Like, it's not about necessarily you're not going to a five-star restaurant the experience it's the experience mm-hmm. and you know whether or not when you take away one of your senses the other ones are heightened mm. uh and you learn something too like the staff at that restaurant are all blind that's how they mm-hmm. serve uh because they're the ones who can really know that ball that dining room and help you out through the experience too yeah it, people you know it's it's like all sorts of different restaurants where people expect certain service and and you know you go in and you sit down and you're maybe in a bit of a rush and then all of you all of a sudden expect that it's the staff's problem you know i've only got a half an hour for lunch can i right. get my quick yeah. well then go go to a fast food place yeah you can't come in and sit down and expect now everybody to jump to your attention you know and then you get upset when the food isn't fast enough or i remember being once in a burger king and somebody coming in and wanting a a, a, a veggie burger but they they were so adamant about how their food was cooked, they didn't want the veggie burger cooked on the same grill as that regular hamburger meal. Right. And there was a big kerfuffle about that. And then the manager has to come over and go, we're a Burger King. Yeah. You know, this was quite a while back before veggie burgers were kind of all the rage that they are now. So he goes, we sell like 95% burgers. You're expecting me to move all of my product off the grill. So what, scrub it down, clean it, just to cook your one veggie burger? <laughs> get over yourself. Have a carrot and get lost. Yesterday, uh, occasionally, I'd flip over to uh, different news outlets to follow along with the uh, midterm elections in the U.S., and I'd watch for a couple of minutes, and then I'd say to myself, Craig, what are you doing? You can tune in three weeks from now. <laughs> They'll still be counting. <laughs> so we'll we'll check in around Christmas and right. see uh, if they've come up with any <laughs> definitive answers. Uh, yeah, the numbers continue to be counted down there on that. At uh, 5.13, your pal is Craig and Lucky. I ended up, after uh, watching a, a bit of the uh, midterms, I was uh, roaming through Crave and came upon, uh, upon something called Kings of Coke. And it's uh, all about the um, West End boys and the Irish mob in Montreal and their domination in the cocaine world. Oh. And it's really quite good. Uh, I would... Uh, I would advise anybody who's uh, interested in documentaries on that kind of thing to uh, to check it out. And, of course, I was roaming through Netflix and all the serial killers. They really have become the home of the serial killer. They have caught on to a little niche there. Very much so. Uh, a lot of people are not happy with it. The, the Dahmer thing has really sparked some controversy about Netflix and their glorification of serial killers. And I think for the longest time, it was just documentaries on them and the story of... Which you can always get away with. Hey, we're just we're just highlighting, you know, we're just uh, showing the story. Uh, but I guess the Dahmer thing—it's more of a movie, and it's seen as a glorification of it. And so they're they're taking some heat over that. But the numbers are huge on Dahmer. You'll probably get Dahmer too. Yeah, it's not going to revenge of Dahmer. It's not going to stop. If anything, it's just going to lead to more series. You know, yeah. they picked up Monster <laughs> from right. other seasons. So like, you know, they're they're going to continue because. You know, people have a dark side, or, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, they have a, a, a need or a, a craving to watch that darker stuff. Maybe it makes them feel better about their lives. Yeah, perhaps. Like, hey, at least I'm not this guy. 
And Netflix is also just mean-spirited. So they've got a new show, first season, 10 episodes, uh, called Blockbuster Video. And it's about the, uh, it's it's not actually about the final Blockbuster, because I think it was like in Boulder or somewhere. Um, but this is based in Michigan. So it's not the actual official uh, final Blockbuster, which I believe is still up and running. But it is funny that they've they've done this show called Blockbuster Video when they were the ones that squashed right. Blockbuster Video. <laughs> True. Yeah. It's uh, it's quite good. So I was watching that too yesterday because as I've mentioned many times, I've got 18, 19, 20 hours a day <laughs> all to myself. <laughs> you didn't happen to uh, pick up a Powerball ticket in Altadena, California at Joe's Service Center, did you? Uh, no. Oh, that's a shame. Somebody did and now they are worth two point four billion dollars that's insane isn't it insane <laughs> it's very much insane like you know when you've got ryan reynolds who's a pretty successful actor mm -hmm. um saying you know he needs to find help to buy the ottawa senators mm -hmm. at you know 650 million and some dude who went and you know bought a ticket while filling up the pump and a Twix bar, <laughs> a Slim Jim, could be the owner yeah. of, uh, you know, probably 28 to 30 of the NHL franchises. What do you tip Joe at Joe's service center right. once you uh, collect your uh, your winnings? Nothing. He gets a little payback from the lottery. Yeah. $2.4 billion. I mean, someone's got to win it. <laughs> I guess that's the... That, that's the thinking, but wow! Mm -hmm. and, and you know, you imagine if, if it's one dude, you know. Well, likely single ticket. I mean, unless of, yeah. Unless well, that's what I mean. Like sometimes you know, it's a single ticket, but a group will yeah, go in that's to true. buy it. Yep. Right. And I think what is it? Uh, uh, Uncle Sam takes like thirty percent right off the top. Yeah. Right. So it's, that'll be a, an interesting payout for someone who who just netted like $2.4 billion, gross $2.4 billion, yeah. when right away you got to pay like eight hundred grand in tax. Yeah. $800 million, sorry, in tax. You know, it, it, if the world was fair, it would be like some single mom, her husband died in war, she's got four young kids, but, you know, it'll be like Elon Musk. It'll be somebody... <laughs> You know, or a 90-year-old. A 90-year-old, that's right. I just read here that the owner of Joe's Garage gets a million bucks for selling the winning ticket. Yeah. So, there you go. Joe gets something. Yeah, but well, yeah, but the, that's that's Joe. But probably, you know, the employee that Joe hired mm. is going to get five bucks. <laughs> His <laughs> hourly wage to work there that day. I, uh, if I won that kind of money, uh, anytime I went to any sort of event, I'd just buy every ticket. Right. So there was no beer line. Yes. <laughs> and nobody waiting for the bathroom. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.